and welcome to Crunch Time with CP as I give you weekly updates of the sports world and I give you my opinions of the news around the sports world. As we start today's episode, I give you the the update of the NBA playoffs as we have three teams that have already moved on from the first round to the semifinals and those three teams are all coming from the east and they are the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat have just swept the Pacers, and they all four of those games have been very close, very, very defensive down in the fourth quarter, uh, which is very, very expected from both of those coaches. Nate Mc, Nate McMillan is very, very defensive minded, and that's why the Pacers went out and got him. Uh, Eric Spolstrom is one of the best zone coaches, which you don't see now in the NBA. And so that's what that's what one those both of those coaches have those great qualities in them, and that's that showed in the fourth quarter of every one of these games. And this, the Heat was able to just pull them out, pull, pull pulled both of the all four of those games out, and so they move on to the semifinals. Goran Dragic was definitely the breakout star of this game, as he just everybody he just came off the bench and just dominated. Uh, no one expected him to be the one that just uh, facil- facilitated the game and uh, was able to just make make sure the Heat always kept that lead. That they Once they had gotten that lead, he was always there to make sure that the momentum never took the, – the Pacers' momentum never took them over the hump to where they had that lead and could run with it. And so having a veteran like Goran Dragic Goran Dragic come in and be able to do that was great for the Heat. the The Heat is built with a bunch of veterans, to where they got Jimmy Butler, who's played in the playoffs. Goran Dragic, who's played in the playoffs. Andre Iguodala, who is a uh, an MVP in the finals, and then you got the probably the the best leader on the team, which is UD. He doesn't even play anymore, but he does have playoff experience. He's still a member of that team. He's definitely the he's almost like a father figure to the like father figure type guy on the team. And so that's big for these for this Heat team that's very young with uh guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam out of Boyo, Chris Nunn. You got a bunch of young guys on this team and having those kind of veterans is big in this this type of uh environment. And so the Heat are basically waiting on the Bucks now, unless some miraculous playoff magic happens with the Magic. And uh, I said that the Magic would get, or the Bucks would sweep the Magic, but I guess I just forgot that last year, what happened last year, and that the Magic are just game one uh, magicians because they did the same thing last year as they came in there and shocked. Shocked the sports world and won game one, and then Giannis took over, which is what he's doing this year, and won the next four. And so I think they get them tomorrow and knock them out. Uh, the Raptors, they just dominated the Nets game in and game out. Game four, their bench had 100 points, which is the an NBA record, first time ever, uh, that a bench had over 100 points. And so... That is a big thing for a team in the playoffs is to where your bench can score, especially when they can put up 100 points. Yes, it's against the 
the Brooklyn Nets, but they're still a great team. There's a reason why they made the playoffs. But they have still have guys that can stay on the court. Kyle Lowry left game four. That that's They're saying it's a high ankle sprain, but he should be back for mid midway through semifinals is what mid, game two or three. They don't really know about game one, but they do have a long break with both of those teams getting sweeps, both Celtics and Raptors getting sweeps, so that is big for them. Um, so that is that is one thing to be on the lookout is Kyle Lowry's situation in this series, this upcoming series. But the the thing with the Raptors is is that everybody wrote them off once they uh, lost Kawhi, and I think that they that is just fuel to their fire once once everybody wrote them off because they are the defending champs. They have proven themselves to be champions. And so that's all that they need. They need that in their mind that they are champions. Because, I mean, everybody else doesn't think that they have a chance with the people like the Bucks, Giannis. But they have shut Giannis down in the uh, in the regular season. The And then you got on the west side, uh, the Lakers, the, the Clippers, people like that. And they don't think they can stop LeBron. Well, they did that in the bubble. They did that in the regular season against the Clippers. So I mean they're a team to be reckoned with in the uh coming out of the East if they do make it out of the final or make it to the finals. The Celtics, they just dominated the 76ers every single game. The 76ers fired Brett Brown today, but I think they need to fire Elton Brand too. He managed this offseason, this past offseason with the 76ers terribly. He let Jimmy Butler go, who is a great defensive player. He let them, him go with a sign-and-trade with Josh Richardson. When Josh Richardson basically is all he is is a three-point sharp sharpshooter. He's trying to keep up with the league. I understand that, but you also need defense, and that showed in this series. He also let one of the best three-point shooters go, and if he wanted to keep up with the league, why in the world would you let J.J. Reddick go? And he went to the Pelicans and signed with cheap money. So, I mean, Elton Brand is, did, a, did a terrible job and set his team up for failure with the way he managed his offseason last year. And I think that the only way to move forward is to make sure that that doesn't happen again, and he will do it, time in, do it, definitely do it again. And I think the 76ers need to fire Elton Brand too. Uh, and then on the west side, you got the Lakers and the Trailblazers. Uh, I think that the Trailblazers had a great game one, and I think that's all they're going to get. I think that the Lakers are going to get them in five. I said that they were going to get them in six, but that was when Zach Collins was questionable to come back. And Zach Collins is uh, out for the season now. And the what, what Zach Collins does for the Trailblazers, he's able to spread the court and get Nurkic some room down low. He can shoot the ball from the perimeter, so he's able to move out to the corner three, and Nurkic has plenty of room. Dame has plenty of room up top because they have to spread their defense out. And without Collins, they're having to play Hassan, who has zero perimeter shooting. And so now it's congested in the paint with those two big men. Yes, they might have a better chance getting the offensive rebound, kicking it back out to CJ, Gary Trent, Carmelo, Dame to shoot a three, but... 
it's just not not the same with a guy that can spread the floor like uh like Collins can. And then you have the Jazz and Nuggets. The Jazz have just balled and absolutely manhandled the Nuggets game in and game out. Uh Donovan Mitchell is the best player in this series by far. People might say it's Jamal Murray, but Donovan Mitchell is definitely is. He wants the ball in his hands uh in the last last minute of the game and that is what a a star player does that is what a franchise player does and that is uh what a playoff that is what you want in the, from your star player in the playoffs and he showed that in this past game when he when he was able to pull away with the victory in crunch time when they needed to go three go up 3-1 and that's what they did they have put the nuggets on their breaking point and so with Mike Conley back, I think they get in in six. I think the Nuggets win game five, but I don't think they can win the game six and seven to come back and win. So I think Jazz move on in game six. And then there's the Clippers and Mav. Luka Doncic is the best player in this series. He has been playing the best. He is the best player in this series so far. Kawhi is the best player in the series from – the season, but from this series, Luka Doncic has been the best player. Luka Doncic hit probably one of the best playoff buzzer beaters I've ever seen to even the game 2-2. He is definitely just willing his team to victory. He said, if you don't believe you shouldn't be here, well, he definitely believes because they are now tied 2-2. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Mavs win in seven. Because playoff P is just terrible. He's setting his team up for failure if he can't make a shot. He's making Marcus Morris make threes. He's making Lou Lou Will have to make shots. He's making people like Reggie Jackson have Reggie Jackson have to make shots. Landry Shamit may have to make shots. You're a star player. You should have you should be that guy that makes shots. But he's just not doing it. And so I think that that the reason why the Mavs are going to be able to do it is because of Paul George. He's setting his team up for failure. And that's just plain and simple. Paul George has been the difference maker in this series. And so I think the Mavs take it in seven. Um, As we move on to the next topic, it's the SEC scheduling. Uh, There has been... One talk about the scheduling, and it's the only the main thing is that why did they put the why did they put the rivalry week not on the last week? I like what they did is they kept it on Thanksgiving week. The only thing I did not like about it is that the fact that the egg ball is not on Thanksgiving, it's not on a Thursday night. That is one of the best games of the year in the way. And the fact that it's on Thursday night where everybody in, in the country can watch it is great. And I think that was poor planning by the SEC to not put that on a Thursday night. Uh, my predictions for the SEC to come out to go to the SEC championship is Florida and Florida and Alabama. Alabama uh, really – all they have to do is beat Auburn, LSU, and Georgia, and they're in. 
Florida has a really tough will have a really tough time. I think they lose two games, and but I think they beat Georgia to get in. So I think that's going to be the SEC championship. Then uh, the next topic we have is the San Diego Padres are on fire. They have hit five grand slams of the last seven games, and that's that's MLB history, by the way. And as I said. My last podcast that they have terrible pitching, and I said they're gonna have to they're gonna have to hit lights out to win. Well, since I've said that, they have hit lights out. So, and they're winning because they're they have hit lights out. Tatis has hit uh, some home runs. Some have been very heated. Some have been not because some haven't because. They're not in that situation to where he should not have hit home runs, as we will talk about later. But I think the Padres are definitely a team to be reckoned with this year, as I thought that it would it was going to be that way next year. But they're they're showing that they are definitely a team to be reckoned with. And as I was talking about the Tatis or Fernando Tatis situation, Tatis situation, um. This unwritten rules of baseball. I think it's about time to crumble up that piece of paper of the unwritten rules of baseball and toss it in the trash. Because there is probably that one the reason why the MLB is the least watched sport league of the four major leagues in America is because you have people that can't swing the bat at a 98 mile an hour fastball right down the middle on a 3-0 count because it's an unwritten rule. They can't hit a grand slam because it's an unwritten rule. They can't look they can't admire their 470-foot home run ball because it's an unwritten rule. And that's disrespectful to the pitcher. Well, the pitcher shouldn't throw a ball that's going to be hit 470 feet. It's the pitcher's job to strike the person out. It's the pitcher's job to make the batter look at a strike right right on the corner of the plate. It's his job to paint the corners and get the guy to go back into the dugout. But it's the batter's fault once he hits a home run and looks at the ball go into the stands. That's just ridiculous. And it's this the ridiculous fact is that everybody's complaining the the people that are complaining about the unwritten rules of the people that that just are the ones that want more viewing. They want more viewing for their sport, and they're complaining about the unwritten rule. Well, this unwritten rule, breaking of the unwritten rule, is bringing you viewership. So it might be time to let the kids play. So, and another thing is the MLB is very two, two-sided. Trevor Bauer was about to walk out there with cleats that said "Free Joe Kelly," and y'all, and that the MLB threatened him with suspension and fines. the The MLB threatened him with suspension and fines for walking out there with a pair pair of cleats that said "Free Joe Kelly" on it. The guy Joe Kelly was the pitcher for the Dodgers who threw a pitch at Alex Bregman's head for the Astros and then struck out Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa 
and made a face at him, and they got into an altercation, and he was suspended eight games, which is a lot more total this year than it was any other year. And so the fact that that, he was possibly going to get a suspension for that, and the Astros who have cheated cheated their way to a World Series was not, it's just flat out ridiculous. I mean, it's just the most two-sided league in America. The the Astros have not had to do anything for it. Fernando Tatis had to apologize for hitting a grand slam. Astros haven't apologized for anything. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. It makes zero sense. I mean, it just it gets me fired up because... The fact that cheating is allowed, but voicing your own opinion on a pair of cleats is not. They're allowed to keep a championship that they cheated to get. They were sending electric shocks through their two best hitters on their team to hit home run balls. And they won a championship off of that, and nothing has happened to them. But... A guy walks out there with cleat was threatening to walk out there with cleats and he was gonna get suspended for it. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And as we cap off today, today is eight twenty four, which has been uh now known as Kobe Day, Mamba Day, and uh as we end today, the there's gonna be a 24 seconds of silence in honor of Kobe.